Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is uh, Friday, June 9th, 2023. It's 6.50 in the morning here in Los Angeles, where uh, I find myself uh, doing some uh, some commercial work uh, today. Today, of course, the big news is the indictment uh, of former President Donald Trump. Uh, regular uh, viewers of uh, Freedom Watch, of Judging Freedom, sorry, Freedom Watch, my old show at Fox, uh, are aware uh, of the legal analysis that I have done my best to make available to you concerning this. Now we see all of this uh, coming to a head, whether you like the former president or whether you don't like him, whether you want him to be president again or whether you don't want him to be president again, whether you think I like him, which I do, or don't like him. These are uh, as as pure and unadulterated a legal analysis as I can provide, which is, of course, what you have come to expect uh, from this show. <clears throat> we now know that Donald Trump uh, has been indicted by a federal grand jury in Miami, Florida, for a variety of crimes. <clears throat> Pardon me. We don't know exactly what the crimes were are because the indictment is under seal, meaning it is literally in an envelope. And the only people that have seen it are the members of the grand jury, 23 of them, because they voted on it, whoever actually typed it, printed it up, uh, the prosecutors in the case, and maybe one or two clerks involved in the process of printing it, distributing copies to uh, the grand jury, taking those copies back. But the official copy, the one signed by the foreperson of the grand jury, and by whichever federal prosecutor is in charge of this case, we don't know who, but we'll find out in a moment, is uh, is under seal in the prosecutor's office in Miami. Will it be presented formally and publicly to a federal judge at three o'clock in the afternoon Eastern time uh, in Miami? So let's start with some basics. Why Miami? Well, the Constitution says that when the government is going to prosecute someone, talking about the federal government now, that person should be prosecuted in the judicial district where the crime occurred. As you may know, the country is divided into judicial districts, depending upon the geographic size. New Jersey is one judicial district. Uh, New York and California, where I am now, are four. Uh, Florida is three. So the Southern District of Florida, which is basically the bottom one third of, the, uh, of Florida, uh, is a judicial district. In that district is the city of Miami and the city of Palm Beach, where Mar-a-Lago is located. So if the government is going to allege that the, and it appears that it is, that these crimes occurred at Mar-a-Lago, President Trump's residence in Palm Beach, Florida, 
then the government is obliged to bring those charges in that district. If the government is going to say that it was really one continuous crime that began in the White House uh, as he was taking documents with him or planning and plotting to do that which the government says is a crime, it could conceivably argue uh, that the crime commenced in Washington, D.C., and therefore the charges should be brought there. It still has the opportunity to bring more charges against President Trump. I'm not talking about January 6th. I'm talking about documents uh, in Washington, D.C., if it wants. It also, as we know, used the Washington, D.C. grand jury as a filter for those witnesses who refused to be uh, interviewed ahead of time by FBI agents. The first time the government heard any words come out of their mouths was in front of a grand jury in D.C. If they said something the witness said something the government didn't want the grand jury to hear. They didn't have to worry about it because the indicting grand jury is a thousand miles away uh, in Florida. They then would not bring that witness to the indicting grand jury. Does the defendant get the transcript of both grand juries? The defendant gets the transcript of every witness who testified against him or who testified and whose testimony is relevant uh, to the case. Now, um, back to what we think the charges are. The, let me, actually, let me go to the procedure. Uh, President Trump will appear in a federal courtroom at 3 o'clock Eastern uh, in Miami on uh, Tuesday. I doubt that this will be the circus that his appearance um, generated uh, in New York when he was indicted uh, by the uh, Manhattan District Attorney. The feds are a little bit more uh, secure, a little bit more serious, a little bit more heavy-handed, a little bit less deferential to the press. You'd think they would be more deferential, but they're not, uh, than uh, state prosecutors and state court uh, judges are. Will it be televised? No. Federal courts do not permit uh, video or live or even still shot photographs uh, in federal courtrooms. So you're going to see the old-fashioned sketching Uh, of Donald Trump standing uh, in front of a federal judge. Will he be given bail? He surely will be given bail. Will he be arrested? Technically, yes. Not where they will bang down the door of Mar-a-Lago and drag him out. They basically have said to his lawyers, we need your client to appear at three o'clock on Tuesday in federal court in Miami. Here's the address. Uh, Here's the person who will arrange for the uh, appearance so that he can drive in through a uh, basement garage underneath the courthouse. And that courthouse does have that facility. Um, But it technically will be uh, an arrest and Andy will be booked, meaning uh, his mugshot will be taken. His fingerprints will be taken. He'll be weighed and measured. Uh, They'll then go up to the uh, courtroom and the judge will uh, announce what the charges are. And he asks the former president if he understands them or if he needs to have them explained to him, he no doubt will say he does understand. And then bail will be fixed at what we call ROR, released on his own recognizance, meaning where is he going to go? I mean, he's the most well-known face uh, in the world. He can't really escape. I suppose he could flee to a country that doesn't have an extradition treaty with the United States, like Ireland, where he has one of his golf clubs. But I don't think that uh, Donald Trump will do that. And I think the judge will probably agree uh, as well. As for the charges now, um, we know that they're in three categories. They are under the Espionage uh, Act, uh, 
they are uh, obstruction of justice and they are conspiracy. Now, the Espionage Act makes it a crime uh, to possess national defense information outside of a secure federal facility. That's a crime for everybody. This has nothing to do with whether or not the documents were classified or unclassified. Uh, the former president sort of fell into a trap when the FBI at first uh, executed a search warrant on his house, saying, ah, don't worry, I declassified that stuff. They had anticipated his saying that. The charge has nothing to do with classified documents, and quite frankly, the Espionage Act, which was written in 1917, um, 40 years before the classification system came into play, the Espionage Act doesn't even mention classified documents. It only mentions national defense information. National uh, defense uh, information uh, is a category of, um, of data about the national security, um, national uh, plans, military plans, nuclear plans uh, of the United States or of any other government. The United States regularly derives these plans about other governments, even its allies. Uh, it, it flips agents. So it'll go to an agent of the Mossad, Israeli um, intelligence. It'll go to an agent of MI6, the British uh, intelligence. Uh, and it will say, you know, we'll make you very rich if you work for us as well as for your bosses. That, of course, is a, is a crime, in some cases punishable by death for the other country. But they do that. Uh, sometimes that happens uh, not so frequently, thank goodness, but sometimes that happens to our own agents. Anyway, that's one of the means by which they derive this information. And because the information, the data, the national defense information contains all of this, here's how I got this. Here's what we paid the person. Here, here's who the person is. That stuff is the most highly protected information in the federal government because if it got out, even inadvertently, uh, it could result in torture uh, and death uh, to the individual who provided the information. It could also result in a fracture of the relationship, the diplomatic relationship between the United States and the country from which that informant came. So that's probably the type of information that was in uh, these documents. The government has very uh, shrewdly avoided the classified, declassified dispute. The president, or the former president, has argued he could declassify something just by thinking it declassified. That is not true. Uh, the statutes provide for a procedure for declassification, which requires the uh, uh, declassifying authority, declassifying authority, that would be the president, in this case, the White House, telling the author of the document, we're about to declassify it so that the author can say, well, okay, but don't declassify this name or this date or this place because this guy will get killed. You have to go through all of those procedures before declassifying. You can't just willy-nilly declassify everything. But this dispute over classification and declassification is not in this case because the indictment, I am sure, of course, I haven't seen it yet, the indictment, I am sure, uh, accuses the president of violating the Espionage Act by the failure to secure NDI, national defense information, moving or hiding NDI, national defense information, sharing NDI, national defense information with other people. 
So if the president gave a box to somebody that works for him uh, at Mar-a-Lago, and in that box was any of this NDI, and he said to that person, bring this to Mrs. Trump's uh, clothing uh, shoe closet, which, which happened, or bring this to the storage unit uh, in the basement of Mar-a-Lago, that would be an illegal sharing. That would be an illegal movement. That would be an illegal failure to secure national defense information. So there's three or four, three or four uh, potential crimes uh, right there. The government will apparently also argue that other people were involved in this. I don't know who they are or what their involvement may have been. I say this because one of uh, Donald Trump's lawyers, Jim Trustee, whom I know and like and whose work I admire, um, said on CNN uh, last night that uh, he that the summons that he received, that the president received, which was emailed to Jim Trustee, the president's chief lawyer in this case, mentioned conspiracy. Now, conspiracy is an agreement between two or more persons to uh, undertake an illegal act where at least one of those persons took a step in furtherance of the conspiracy. You've heard me condemn conspiracy crimes, and I'll do so again now. They are thought crimes. They are People are being punished for thought. The great uh, Clarence Darrow, the great, one of the greatest trial lawyers in American history, uh, used to argue uh, this way uh, when he was defending a, a conspiracy case. Now, this is uh, 125 years ago, so the numbers are going to be off. If a boy steals a dime, if a boy steals a dime, he's not going to go to prison. A very small fine will be an appropriate punishment. But if two boys conspire to steal a dime and then don't do it, they are candidates for prison. What kind of a country does this to its own people, Darrow asks. And then he doesn't answer. He doesn't say ours because it's kind of obvious what the answer is. So conspiracies by their nature don't succeed. They're just an agreement. So the government is uh, charging Trump and others, the others in a minute, uh, for an agreement to violate the Espionage Act by moving these documents uh, around. Now, who are the others? We don't know who the others are. Does the government have to name them? No, it does not have to name them. The government may know who they are and can call them Conspirator 1, Conspirator 2, Conspirator 3, or it could say others unknown to the grand jury conspired with the president. I mean, this, this uh, really is a low ball when they charge a conspiracy and don't even name the conspirators. But that is apparently uh, one or two of the charges uh, against um, Donald Trump uh, as well. So we have two categories of charges so far. We have the Espionage Act, basically the failure to secure the, the failure, uh, the, the handing to a person without a uh, authority uh, of the documents. We have a conspiracy to violate the Espionage Act, and now we have a totally separate category of crime called obstruction of justice. Obstruction of justice is basically interfering with a governmental function, in this case, sending the FBI on a wild goose chase, knowing what they were looking for. There apparently is a lot of evidence about uh, Trump directing people that work for him and Trump himself doing this, 
hiding and moving documents around Mar-a-Lago. Now, if you've ever seen Mar-a-Lago, it's enormous. It's about 50,000 square feet, just the building itself. We're not even talking about the, the grounds uh, and the area underground. So it's a huge, huge facility, which is his principal residence, as well as a, a private uh, country club that the Trump organization operates so the the moving and hiding of documents around Mar-a-Lago would be another offense, which would be considered obstruction of justice. Now, all right, he's supposed to secure it. Can't he secure it? Well, yes, but if he knows that it's not his, and if he knows that the government is coming for it, if he knows that it's subject to a subpoena, if he knows that it was subject to a search warrant, he can't hide it. There is, of course, the natural inclination to want to hide something that the government is trying to take from you. But that actually compounds your uh, criminal woes, as is the case here. So the frustrating of the government, the hiding, the moving uh, of the documents, that's obstruction of justice. Now, Will he actually be tried? I think he will be tried. He's not going to plead guilty uh, to uh, to any of this. It would be catastrophic for his personal freedom uh, and for his political uh, aspirations. When would the trial happen? In the federal system, about a year between the time of indictment and the time of trial. So we're talking about June of 2024. That's a month before the Republican National Convention which of course would be highly relevant for Trump if he is still in the race by then. If you listen to Chris Christie and Mike Pence and the others, they don't think, and Ron DeSantis, they don't think that Donald Trump will be in the race by then. If you listen to President Trump, he doesn't think that they're gonna be in the race by then. Nobody of course uh, can predict the future, but there most certainly will be a trial before a federal judge and a jury. The jury will be selected from the Southern District of Miami. So it's not just the city of Miami. It's from all those who are registered to vote in the lower third of Florida. It'll be um, uh, a cross-section of uh, Floridians. It'll probably be a jury pool more favorable to President Trump than if he had been indicted in D.C. But by indicting him in Florida, as I said earlier, the government avoids the issue of where he should have been indicted, uh, and the government complies with the constitutional requirement that defendants are to be tried in the judicial district in which it is alleged uh, the crime occurred. Will another indictment come? I think two more indictments uh, will come by this special prosecutor. I think uh, the grand jury in Washington, D.C. will also uh, indict the president uh, on similar charges for his behavior in the White House. Uh, and I think uh, another grand jury in Washington, D.C. will indict the president for his behavior on January 6th. As well, a state grand jury in Atlanta, Georgia, will surely indict a former President Trump, I think, along with former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani and others um, in Atlanta, Georgia, for their efforts to overturn the election uh, in Georgia. When will those cases be tried? It'll depend on uh, when the indictments come down. What will happen to Donald Trump if he is convicted of espionage and obstruction of justice? I am sorry to say this and I'll say it twice. He will go to federal prison. He will go to federal prison. 
the government takes with the utmost seriousness violations of the Espionage Act, especially when they're in tandem with obstruction of justice. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what the public uh, uproar will be. If he is convicted of any of the espionage charges or any of the uh, obstruction of justice charges, he will go to federal prison. Can he run for president uh, while all this is going on? The short answer is yes. When, when the courts need him in the courtroom, he's going to have to be there. But of course, he can run for president. Can he run for president from jail? Never happened before. It would just be a guess on my part. And the answer would be, yes, he can. Um, I'm not sure that uh, the Republican Party would want to nominate someone who's in jail, but uh, theoretically, he could. Uh, the only requirements for running for uh, president are age, citizenship, and residency. And Donald Trump meets, of course, all those requirements. So I'm in California uh, for the weekend taping uh, television commercials back on uh, Monday for uh, regular uh, judging freedom. Of course, as this happens, uh, more as we get it. Please remember to like and subscribe. Uh, we're up to 161,000 subscriptions. Our goal is 175,000 by the 4th of July. That's just uh, a great holiday, but it's just four weeks away. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.